Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. to share with you we're actually wrapping up this series today and I'm excited to be sharing because I believe that the topic we're going to be talking about today um, really kind of sums it all up together it brings it all together and I'm believing for breakthrough for our lives so if you brought your Bibles go ahead and take them out we're going to be reading out of Mark chapter 5 if you didn't bring your Bible don't worry You can follow along with me on the screen, Mark chapter 5. We're going to be reading a few verses, and we're going to pick it up on verse 21. And this is what it says. It says that when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly, with him this man says my little daughter is dying please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live so Jesus went with him it says that there was a woman there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years and she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes. Just imagine there's a large crowd, everyone's pressing onto Jesus, yet he asks the question of who touched my clothes? Says the disciple, says, you see people crowding against you, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it, and then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Come on, I love these verses. They're one, they're some of my favorite verses in the Bible when it comes to miracles and healing because it really shows us the power that faith has in our lives. The woman who had faith to believe that Jesus would in fact do something for her to help her And as we speak this morning, I believe that as we've talked about worry and anxiety and depression, I really believe that there's this word that can kind of sum it all up for us. Because most of these things have been rooted in fear or will lead us to fear. Fear is what I'm talking to you this morning. I want to talk to you from the topic faith over fear. So if you brought your uh, notebooks, which I hope you did, we like to take notes because we believe that it helps us remember. You can write that title down, Faith Over Fear. And before we get started, why don't we take a moment and pray and ask God to be here with us this morning. God, we thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you are faithful, that you meet us where we are. 
We thank you that this morning we can gather together as a family, as a community, God, to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We believe that every time that we spend with you, every minute, every second is not wasted time. We believe that you are doing our work in our lives, even in this moment, Jesus. We give you our lives. We give you our full attention in this moment, believing that the word you have for us today will cause breakthrough in our lives. I believe that not one person in this place will leave the same Jesus, but that you will speak directly to our hearts this morning, God, specifically to our situation, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. As I was thinking about fear, I started to think about what fear can do in our lives, right? If you've ever been afraid before, you know that fear has the ability to make us... uh, just see things in a different perspective, see things through a different lens. Sometimes we don't see reality as it is because we're looking at it through the lens of fear. Fear has the ability to just grip our hearts, our lives, and just make us back down. It can stop us. It can make us feel that there is no more. There is nothing else for you. It can make us quit. It can make us feel that there isn't anything else for our lives. It paralyzes us. Fear can sometimes make us see situations uh, bigger than they are. More impossible. It makes us see things sometimes um, with a different uh, reality, a different lens. Fear can almost create this fence, this wall that just stands around us and it keeps us fenced in, fenced in your fear, fenced in your situation, fenced in your worry, fenced in your anxiety. And it makes us believe that there is nothing else for me on the other side. There's nothing that I can do in this situation to get over what I'm facing right now. And fear can be horrifying Fear can be funny at times when you scare someone and you see their reaction. It could be hilarious, right? And it's not like that all the time. But as I thought about this, I thought about moments in my life when I have been afraid. Moments in my life when I've just been so just taken back by fear. And growing up, I really wasn't afraid of many things. Other than the dark, I was really afraid of the dark. I would just rush to my room to just make sure nothing was coming after me. And I know, I low-key maybe still am a little afraid of the dark. But, <laughs> but one of the things that I was really afraid of was the neighbor from across the street. Poor man, bless his heart. He is a great man. He has done absolutely nothing wrong. He was just scary. And see, uh, this house was actually my aunt's house. She would watch me as my parents worked. And so I would spend most of my time at her house. And so this guy lived right across her house. And if you know anything about me, if you know me, you know one of the things that I hate most in life are vegetables. I am the pickiest eater you ever meet in your life. And, and, and vegetables are still a struggle for me to this day. You've got to pray for me the only way I'll eat them, drink them, as if I just kind of make a little shake and just pretend. Um, But I'm trying. And this was always my struggle. So as a little girl, what my family would do, what my aunt would do, is that she would blend it all in. And she would come to me with this green, like lime green, thick soup for lunch. 
And so that was just not appealing at all. And, and she would try and whatever, make me eat it. And there were, there were days where I just didn't feel like it. And so this is what she would do. And I'm not saying that this is good parenting. I don't know if it is or if it isn't, but it's a reality. It's what I had to uh, go through. She would tell me, if you don't eat it, I'm going to call Beto. <laughs> Beto was this guy's name. And immediately I'm thinking, no, like you, you can't call this man. And so fear would grip me and I would just say, I'll eat, I, I'll eat my, I'll eat the soup. I'll eat, just do not call this man. Right. And there were days where maybe I felt like just being a little bit of a rebel and I would just probably not eat and just look at her like, mm, call Beto. <laughs> and that's exactly what she would do. So if I tried to push my luck that day, she would actually call this man. He would stand at the window at the living room and stare at me and ask, Diana, are you eating your food? To which, of course, I would say, yes, Mr. Beto, I will eat my whole food. And I would just plead just in my heart, like, do not open the door. Leave this man out the window. I promise you I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. And I realized that fear has a way sometimes to make us do things we don't want to do, to put us in places and situations that we didn't expect we would be in. That fear can make us see things. Through a different lens, see, my aunt would have never allowed anything bad to happen to me. But in that moment, fear made me feel as if I had to somehow protect myself from what could happen. And as I'm talking about parenting, I realized that I wasn't the only one who was traumatized in her childhood by some kind of threat. My little cousin was probably four years old. I was nine. This poor kid was afraid of two things in life, roaches and the police. Why? I don't know. I can understand the roaches. I hate them till this day. But he was wild. He was crazy. And so what they would do in order to keep him in check was that they would tell him, if you cross that line, if you go into that room, there's a roach in there. And it's waiting for you. This boy, this boy was wild. But if you said that word, he would not dare go into that room. He would not dare cross that line because he knew a roach was waiting for him. If he was acting wild and they needed to tell him to stop, the only way he would do it is if they would tell him, if you don't stop, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to get you arrested. I'm not saying you need to do this. You probably shouldn't do this. But I'm just saying this was reality for that poor child. Fear can keep us from doing the thing that we want to do. Right? There was this fence that was created in his mind between where he was and where he wanted to go. All in his mind, nothing was going to happen, but fear can do that to us, right? In this moment, we talk about these stories, and they're funny, but the reality is that fear is real. That fear can come and change our perspective on life, on situations. That fear can come to create worry and anxiety and panic in our lives, make us stressed out. And how many of you know that, that life has a way to make, change our plans, right? Life can be unexpected. We're walking through life and sometimes we're not really living. We're just breathing because we've been fenced in by the fear of our circumstance. By the fear of the situation we are facing, we can be going through life but never get to experience what's outside our limitations, because we've been, we've been fenced in by fear. And we will all face fear in our lives. Right? For some of us, it's 
experiencing how life can be unexpected. I don't know about you, but there's been moments in my life when I've had plans. I know I'm going this way, but all of a sudden, a phone call comes in. But all of a sudden, life just throws something your way, and it just changes your plans. Life can be unexpected. And it is these situations and these moments that can begin to settle fear into our hearts and into our souls. It is these moments that life can bring that can make us be fenced in in a situation and fear settles in our minds and in our hearts. And these emotions, like I said earlier, are either rooted in fear or will lead us to fear. I'll give you an example. If you're here in this place and you can witness to the fact that maybe you've spent way too many nights Unable to fall asleep because worry just keeps speaking in your ear. Because worry just keeps whispering in your ear asking you, how are you going to make ends meet? How are you going to pay rent this month? How are you going to provide for your family? You're worried you can't sleep. The moments that you've spent crying over the situation you have no control over. The, the moments that you have been wondering and wishing, what, why what isn't God come to my rescue? Why won't God come and intervene in this situation? The moments that we've spent wondering if maybe God can actually heal me. If maybe God can actually heal my family member. If my kids will ever come to church. If my life will ever look any different than it's looked for the past 10, 15, 20 years. Can life ever get any better? And all these things, all this worry, all these anxieties and thoughts that come to our minds, that come to bring fear. Maybe you're in this place and you've, you've experienced the paralyzing power of fear. When you feel like you can't do anything else in your life, you can't take another step because there's just no way out for you. Fear can paralyze and change our lives. And I believe that that this fear can negatively affect how we view the rest of our lives and how we view our future. And we're fearful of what's on the other side, right? We can say, well, I'm just worried. I'm not afraid. But the reality is that you are afraid that you will fail. You are afraid that you will fail your family. You are afraid that you will fail yourself. You are afraid that life will never get better. You are afraid that you will never reach your goals. You are afraid that life will not turn out the way you expected it to be. It's fear. Fear that can begin to make itself at home in our lives. And the problem that you and I face today is that if we are not careful, fear will build a fence between you And the answer, it can easily fence you in. And I wonder this morning what situations are fencing you in. I wonder this morning if you can think about moments and situations of your life that have created a fence around you. Maybe it's shame. Maybe the fence that is keeping you from your future and from what God has for you is the shame of your past. The shame of what you have been through. The shame of what you've done. Maybe what's keeping you fenced in is fear. Fear that nobody is going to come and help you. Fear that people will continue to hurt you. Fear that people will continue to abandon you. Fear that people will continue to break your trust. Maybe for you is feeling like you're never going to amount to anything. Maybe for you, 
It's feeling like your marriage is never going to get better, that your spouse isn't ever going to change, that your children are not going to come and find Jesus. I wonder what situation is fencing you in this morning. And if you can really think about it and understand that it's created a wall between you and the answer. Situations that come to rob us of our peace, of our strength, of our sanity sometimes. Life can be difficult. And as we look at the verses we just read, I I just love this story because this woman, she's been suffering for 12 years. She's been sick for 12 years. And she hasn't just been suffering from a cold This is a condition that would force her to separate herself from every single person she once knew. This is a situation that would force her to completely be alienated by society. This condition would label her as unworthy, unclean, unwanted. No one was supposed to come around her because otherwise they would also be considered unclean. So this woman was sentenced to live the rest of her life for as long as she was in this condition on her own. And now we don't know if she had a family. We don't know if she was ever married, had any children. But in case that she did, she would still have to remove herself even from her family. Some of us get sick for a week or two when we think it's the end of our lives. This woman has been suffering for 12 years. Think about what you were doing 12 years ago. Think about how much your life has changed these past 12 years. And so imagine for a second the pain that this woman was in that day after day, month after month, year after year, there's no one that will come and help. The Bible says that doctors couldn't help her, that there was uh, no amount of money that could find a cure for her. And as she grew weaker in her spirit and in her body, as she was probably full of shame, as she was probably filled with doubt and fear and pain, 12 years went by. And now, 12 years built a fence of despair around her. 12 years built a fence of shame around her. 12 years told her that she could never leave those walls, that she was in prison in her own home, that there was absolutely no way out. And I believe that that is the same place that we can oftentimes find ourselves in. Where we feel like I've been going through this for way too long. We feel like this situation is never going to change. I am fenced in by this situation and I can't get out. I am in prison. I am imprisoned by this situation. And so we need to understand that fear will build a fence between us and the answer. And this woman has everything going against her, right? She, she knows that if she gets out and somebody recognizes who she is, she can actually get killed. She knows that no one wants to stand by her side. No one will ever come to give her a word of hope or encouragement. She is on her own until the moment that she hears that Jesus, the Messiah, he, he's in her town. She hears that this Jesus, she's heard rumors about. Because even though she can't leave her house, she's heard the rumors that people have uh, talked about as they walk by her house near her home. And she's heard that Jesus has healed. 
And she's heard that this, that this Jesus says he is the son of God and that this Jesus has performed miracles and that this Jesus has healed people before. And in this moment, as she stares into this wall of shame, into this wall of pain, into this wall of, of impossibilities, into this wall of fear, she talks to herself and she decides, she chooses that despite how she feels and despite her circumstance, she decides to risk her life to go after the one that she knows can actually change it. She decides in that moment that I'm going to risk everything that I have because I've heard that this Jesus can do something for me. I'm going to get out of my prison. I'm going to get out of my home. I'm going to step outside of this wall that's kept me in from so long because I know and I believe that there's a Jesus, a Messiah, a son of God on the other side that can actually do something for me. Bible says that there was a large crowd around Jesus. It wasn't just a few people. It was a large crowd. Everyone wants to talk to Jesus. Everyone needs a miracle. Everyone is pushing, pushing against Jesus. And this woman makes it to this place. What we have to understand is the strength that it would have taken this woman not only to step out of her house, but in her weakness, physical weakness, she was able to push through the crowd. She was so determined that she said, come what may, whoever I have to kick out of the way, I'm going to do it because I need to touch Jesus because I need healing for my life. And the second that she does this, she's instantly healed. In a moment, in faith, let her to this place. Faith led her to this moment. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is a confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. So this woman had the confidence that if she reached Jesus and just touched his clothes, not even him, that her miracle was going to take place. She believed before she saw. And that is something that God wants to remind us this morning that we need to believe before we see something. That we need to believe in the one that made the promise before the promise ever comes to pass. That is what faith is all about. And if you hear anything today, I want you to hear this and I want you to leave with this in your heart. Understand that God wants you to know that your faith has the power to break through. Your faith has the power to break through any wall that has been fencing you in. Your faith has the power to break through the lies that the enemy keeps speaking over your life. Your faith has the power to break through the fear that you're not going to get healed. Your faith has the power to break through the lies that have told you you'll never amount to anything. Your faith can break through any situation and allow you to believe in the one that made the promise. And allow you to believe in the one that holds your life in the palm of his hands. Faith can help you break through. It will make a way for you. In the middle of a multitude, it will make a way for you. When everything seems to be crushing down on you, faith will have the strength to make a way and lead you to where you need to go, lead you to Jesus. But we have to believe before we see it. Because faith is what moves God. I know that there are rules and there are things that we talk about and we want to make God proud. You know what moves God? Faith. It is what the Bible says. Faith moves God. Faith can turn a hope into a reality. And Jesus knew the touch of faith. Because although he had thousands of people pressing on him and touching him and trying to call for his attention, the moment this woman touched his clothes, he knew. 
He knew when he stopped everything and he turned around and he said, who touched me? Because Jesus knows the touch of faith. Jesus knows when you are approaching him with enough faith and it will catch his attention and it will move him. It will cause him to stop where he's going because he's going to heal somebody, but he's going to stop for some faith. He's going to stop for the person that's willing to risk anything to get to him. And he says, that power went out from him and she was immediately healed. He says, faith has made you well. And I believe this morning that that is the same thing that he wants to speak over our circumstances, over, over our situations, that he can say faith has made you well. That he can say faith has brought peace in the middle of the chaos of your life. Faith has brought strength that will sustain you through this season. Faith has opened a door that you thought could never be opened. Faith created breakthrough for you. But Jesus wants us to know that our faith is in him because you understand that fear and faith are both the belief that something is going to happen. So either we believe that our situations will take and get the best of us or we believe that Jesus is our savior and that he's on our side and that he will do a miracle for us. And so I want us today to leave with practical tools that we can use in our lives to build up our faith. To be ready. To be ready to fight. When situations come our way, we need to be ready to fight. Fight for our minds. Fight for our hearts. Fight for our families. Fight for our faith. And the Bible says, I want you to look at this. Romans uh, chapter 10 verse 17. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's very simple. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Everything is rooted in the word of God. If I get the word of God into my heart, into my soul, and into my mind, faith will begin to stir up within me. But the thing about faith is that faith is like a muscle that you need to exercise. You don't just grow muscles overnight, right? You've, you've got you've to put in the effort, and you've got to work out, and you've got to eat good. Because you can work out all you want, but if, if all you're taking in is trash and garbage, it's not going to happen. So you need to work out your faith. And as you begin to work out your faith, much like a muscle, you're going to begin to see that it's growing, that it's getting stronger. You're going to begin to see that it's, that it's taking its process. It's actually doing what it's supposed to be. If you ever stop working out, your muscles are going to go away as well. That's why faith is something we continually need to do in our lives. And so in order to fight fear, the fear that comes because of all these situations, there's three things we need to do. We need to listen, we need to speak, and we need to remember. Why don't you say it with me? Listen, speak, remember. Very simple. Listen, speak, remember. God wants us to listen to what the word of God is saying to us. God wants us to understand that it is in his word and only through his word that our eyes will be opened, that we will gain the strength that we need, that we will gain the the peace that we need. God is wanting us to know that it is time that we stop listening to the voices that are happening outside, to the voices of fear. He wants us to stop listening to the lies that the enemy is bringing into your heart and into your mind, the lies that are telling you you're not going to make it and begin to listen to the promises that he has for you. He wants you to begin to listen and understand that there is a hope and a future for your life. That these words have been inspired by God himself. That nothing that is written in this book is a lie. That everything is true and everything is available for your life. If you use it, if you listen to the words. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing 
by the word of God. And I love that as we read the story that, that we see that this woman had to listen to what people were saying about Jesus. She had to listen to the truth of who this Messiah was so that faith would begin to stir up within her. Because it says that as she was desperate, she, she remembered what she had heard. She knew she had heard that this Jesus could heal. And in that moment, faith began to stir up within her. And in the same way, I believe that as we listen to what the word of God says, in the midst of our problems and our issues, that we would understand there is a God in heaven who cares about us and is involved in every area of our lives. But we need to understand that we will never get to our destination without direction. And direction is found in his word. So many times we spend time listening to what people are saying, listening to what our friends can tell us. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but what I'm saying is you need to listen to the truth of the word of God. If you want to exercise faith in your life, listening is the first step of action. And then we need to speak. Once we have heard what the word of God has to say, we can't just keep it. Now we have to speak it. Because there is power in our words. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so we have to make sure what it is that we're speaking over our lives. Am I continuing to speak negativity over my life? Am I continuing to speak the things that I have heard people say about me? What my parents said about me? Am I continuing to speak what that man, what that woman said over my life? Am I continuing to speak the fact that my circumstance right now doesn't look good? Am I continuing to speak that I'll always be in this situation? We need to speak. Because our faith needs to be louder than our fears. Our faith needs to be louder than our anxieties. Our faith needs to be louder than the lies. And so sometimes we need to gain some strength to just speak to ourselves and have a conversation with ourselves. Even if we sound crazy, even if it doesn't make sense to you, some mornings you're not going to want to get out of bed and you're going to have to push yourself out of bed and you're going to have to get yourself to that mirror. Look at yourself in the eyes and speak to yourself. And because you've already listened what the word of God has to say, you know how to speak. Now you're not going to speak defeat over your life. You're going to get up and stand at that mirror and look at yourself and say, you are wonderfully made. And say, Jesus, you have a hope and a future for my life. You fight for me. The word of God says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The word of God says that you have created me with good plans that you've created before I was even born. The word of God says that it doesn't matter how young I am, that there is something for me. The word of God says that I don't need to fight, that I need only to be still because you fight for me. You need to speak to yourself sometimes because your soul is listening. Every word that you speak, your soul is listening. And so you need to speak it until you believe it. Until it settles in your heart. Until it settles in your mind. Sometimes through faith, you need to gain that strength to stare at whatever is fencing you in. To stare at that fear in the eye. To stare at that brokenness, at that pain, at that shame. And say you need to move. You need to make some room for me because you're no longer going to drive where I'm going. You need to get out of the way because I've got somewhere to go. You need to get out of the way because Jesus has called me to reach my destiny. Because Jesus has called me to reach the promises that he has for me. So you've got to go. 
I know you've too comfortable in my mind and in my heart. I know you've made yourself at home in my mind, but you've been evicted. You've got to go. You can no longer occupy space in this heart and in this mind because the space that is there belongs to Jesus. Because the space that is in my heart and in my mind belongs to the truth that Jesus Christ has spoken over my life. We need to speak it until we believe it. This woman had to tell herself, if only I touch his clothes. She was having a conversation with herself. She was debating Do I run for it or do I not? Do I risk my life or do I not? And in that moment, she remembered what she heard about Jesus. And she had to speak to herself and say, if only I make it, I'll get it. If only I reach, I'll get it. If only I try, if only I run, if only I do it, I'll get it. It's the same attitude we need to have in our life. Speak it until you believe it. Remind yourself, stir up the faith within you. Say, Jesus is with me. He's with me. He's helping me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. I can do this. So you need to decide this morning what you're going to stop speaking over your life and what words you're going to start declaring the second you leave these doors. The last thing that we need to do is that we need to remember. We need to constantly remember what God has already done. Because we have a tendency of forgetting. In moments where life gets tough and life gets difficult, we forget. We find ourselves in this place where we feel like I've never been here before and I've never experienced. We forget that just a year ago, just a month ago, just last week, you were in the same issue, maybe a different issue, but going through a circumstance, and Jesus got you out of that. But all of a sudden, we forget the moment we're in that situation, right? We can have bad memory. And so we need to remind ourselves what he has done, not just in our lives, but in the people around us. The power of community is that as I look out to this crowd, maybe... I haven't been through what you've been through, but if one day I find myself in that situation, your faith and your testimony will give me faith to believe, to believe that he'll do it with me. This woman needed to remember the things that the Messiah had done, and it pushed her to leave the the place she was in, the prison she found herself in to chase after Jesus. It pushed her to break through the walls that were closing in on her. And so you find yourself in this place and I don't know what you have faced in life and I don't know what you are facing right now, what's fencing you in. And I'm not trying to tell you that life will be perfect. What I'm saying is you've made it to this point and you haven't made it here by coincidence. You haven't made it into this moment just because um, any reason you're here because God has chosen you to be here for such a time as this. You are in this place and maybe you're saying, Diana, but my life has been terrible. You have no idea the things that I've experienced, the pain that I've suffered. You're here today. Maybe you made it to this place with some bruises, with some scratches, with some pain. Maybe you've got to this place limping, but you are here for a reason. You're here because God is not done with your life. You're here because God is telling you in this moment, the same way that I got you out of the place that you were in before is the same way that I'm going to carry you in this season of your life. The same way that you've made it this far is the same way that I'm going to carry you into your future and into your destiny. But you've got to believe me. But you've got to have faith. Faith that is running and doesn't stop at the face of fear.
fear, but faith that says, come what may. I know who's on the other side. I know that Jesus is waiting for me. And so I'm going to walk even when it's difficult, even when it's painful. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to listen. I'm going to speak. I'm going to remember and I'm going to move. Because faith lives in me. So I want to finish with this. I want to encourage you to take a look at your life. To go home and really think about these words and these thoughts that we share today. And realize what's fencing you in. Understand, point it out. And then begin to fight the, the, the fight of faith. Begin to build up faith within your heart and within your life to believe that there is more for you. Can you stand up to your feet this morning, please? I want to pray for us today because I believe none of us are going to leave the same this morning. I believe that every single one of you in this place, whether this is your first time, your 20th time, this place is home or not, that Jesus wanted to remind you of something today, specifically for the season that you're going through, specifically to what you're facing. But before I do that, before I pray for us, I want to take a moment and give an opportunity to those people that maybe you are here in this place and this is your first, second, third time hearing about Jesus. But you can say, Diana, it sounds great, but, but how? You're saying faith, but how? The first step that you need to take if you haven't done this is to put your trust in Jesus. The first step that you need to take is to say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. It's nothing weird. It's simply accepting and understanding that there's a God in heaven that loves us so much that sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and I. So I'm going to ask you, if you can, please, why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads just for some privacy here. Nobody's trying to look who's around you, but in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you are that person and you are here and you want to say yes to Jesus, if you're in this place and you are in desperate need of change, if you're in this place and you're in desperate need of hope and you are in this place and you're in a moment of pain and frustration without direction and you've never said yes to Jesus, this is your moment. Understand that you and I are both sinners. No one is perfect in this place. But even in the midst of our imperfection and our mess, Jesus came down from heaven to give us life and life more abundantly. That God has something good for you on the other side. That today can be the day that changes everything for you. So in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand so that I can acknowledge you. Nobody's watching you. So if that's you, if you need Jesus in your life at the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. God bless you. 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 Come on. Maybe you're doubting in this moment because of fear. There is nothing to fear when you walk with Jesus. This is the moment where fear leaves because your life belongs to Jesus. If there's anyone else, just raise your hand. God bless you. Okay, in a moment, I'm going to say a prayer. And then I want you to say this prayer after me. It's not the prayer that saves us, but it's us speaking out our faith and putting our trust in Jesus. So I'm going to ask everyone to just uh, pray after me and help us together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. I believe that you are the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you're resurrected. Come into my life. Give me a new hope. Give me a new future. 
I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give it up for every person that made this decision?